0: Welcome to the UK Run Chat Podcast, I'm your host Joe Williams and have you ever wondered what it's like to be responsible for organising a large mass participation event? As runners we've took part in them, but what actually happens behind the scenes to put in an event with tens of thousands of people taking part? Well in this episode I speak with Jamie, the Senior Operations Manager at the Great Run Company. This is a really interesting deep dive into life on the other side of events. If you're looking for a spring event, then have a look on uh, www.greatrun.org, whose events in May include the Great Birmingham, the Great Bristol and the 20th anniversary of the Great Manchester Run. If you have any comments or questions, you can get in touch on info at ukrunchat.co.uk. Enjoy this chat with Jamie and I'll see you on the next episode. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for coming on the UK Run Chat podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Yeah, great to have you here. Thank you. So I've, I've done a little bit of an introduction there. Uh, you know, I've given you a role, et cetera. But do, do you want to give us a
1: little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah, I can do. Um, so I'm an operations senior operations manager here at Great Run. Mm-hmm. Um, I first got involved with Great Run back in 2000. Um, I've been away traveling for a few years after university and uh, decided I need to see what else was out there in terms of the, the jobs market, et cetera. Yeah, I wouldn't say I followed a traditional path to get to where I am now. Um, I was, I went through university, did geography as a degree. Um, okay. Like I said, when I did a bit of traveling, then uh, came across the Great Run Company. Uh, back then, it was Nova International, and um, did some temporary work, really, just crewing on events and stuff like that. Yeah, and then um, a job became available in the ops department, start at the very bottom, and mm-hmm. now uh, um, pretty much oversee all the events that the Great Run Company deliver. And manage the team, which we've got internally here, and uh, some external team, um, which we scale up and down as we need to for the for the seasonality of our work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been lucky enough to be involved in a significant number of events. So I think I'm on 22 Great North Runs now. Um, wow. So I've, I've done a few of those. Yeah. Um, I've worked on, on pretty much every event that we've done, whether it be swimming, cycling, um, a bit of an adventure triathlon, I've worked across the UK, I've worked in Ireland, I've worked in in, in Ethiopia, and Africa, and I was lucky enough to be part of the team I put on um, an event we had in Melbourne, Australia for a few years. So I've um, I've got pretty good coverage uh, in terms of what I've done. I've seen quite a bit, I've learned a lot, um, and yeah, presumably I still enjoy it because I'm still here after.
0: You'd hope so. <laughs> Cool. Okay, I was going to ask where did you go traveling? And then you mentioned Melbourne as one of the events. Australia tends to be a place <laughs> that people go after uni. Where did you go?
1: Yeah, that's where I went to, mate. Um, I, I'm i a lover of surfing. Um, so okay. yeah, I packed up my surfboard, uh, headed down under, and spent a year, maybe a bit longer actually. I think they were looking to kick me out of the country at the end of my uh, <laughs> visa. And um, yeah, I spent, spent a lot of time traveling over there. Didn't work in events over there. Worked just laboring on building sites, mm-hmm. uh, landscape gardening. Did some great work in Sydney landscape gardening. Mm-hmm. Tried to enjoy my year out. Um, yeah. So I predominantly focused my attention there. And then when I did take the job, um, a great run. And then we brought the, the Melbourne event online um, a few years after I joined. Yeah. It was a really nice fit. Uh, it was a good time for me in my life where I was. And I had great experience and knowledge of, of of Australia and and also the people, um, you know, the Australia, um, the Aussie pommy banter is always very good. So i was yeah. well averse to that.
2: Yeah,
0: very good. My my uh, eldest son's leaving college at the moment, and he's already planning the Australia visa and and trip for twelve months. <laughs> so yeah, it's very topical oh, in our household at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, listen, um you know, I can't I can't encourage it more. It, it um, after university, it's a real it's a real eye opener in terms of you know getting yourself out there into the world. And mm-hmm. if it's anything like it was when I was there, it was an absolute blast. I have to say, I went back a couple of years later before I started working full time for Great Run, and um, I, I was out there for three or four months again with my surfboard, and it wasn't the same. So I guess my my only advice to him would be enjoy every minute of it um, while it lasts. Yeah.
0: Great advice, thank you. <laughs> so, surfing is, was your sport. Was that your, your your sport of choice then? Was it growing up, or yeah, well, a-
1: yeah? I'm I'm lucky enough to have a, um, a caravan up here on the northeast coast mm-hmm. um, and get to surf in the frigid waters of, of the North Sea year round. Yeah, um, but I was also lucky enough. My grandparents had a, a villa in the Algarve um and i actually went to a private school so i had really long summer holidays yeah and um, like 13 weeks summer holidays so instead of staying at home while my my two sisters were at normal school shall we say mm-hmm. and I got packed off with the grandparents to portugal so granny brought me a little nice. board, and it, and it started from there really
0: very nice very nice yeah. so um moving moving on then to speak about about great run you've uh And you oversee all of the ops. You've got a busy May coming up, don't you?
1: Yeah, we have. Our work, Joe, is very seasonal. Mm -hmm. Um, We tend to do events, typically what we do, and this is exclusive to the events world, um, in the warmer months, lighter months of the year, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, May. um, So April, May, June can be busy for us. Mm -hmm. Specifically, this this May is going to be busy. Mm -hmm. And then typically September, October is very busy for us. Yeah. yeah, always look forward to May. Um, we've had a little bit of um, time to gather our thoughts through the, the sort of the winter, Yeah. and it's a bit like anything, really. You tend to come out of a, a little bit of a, a downtime, so to speak, in terms of delivery, and you know just want to get back on it. So, really looking forward to the May um, the, the May schedule, which which will present its challenges as it always does, but always comes with its its real benefits and, and high points as well.
0: Yeah, so you, so you you oversee all of the events then.
1: Yeah, I, I don't necessarily um, get involved in the day-to-day detail. Mm-hmm. But given my uh, long-standing association with the company um, and the knowledge and experience I've gained over time, mm-hmm. the relationships I've built up over time um, with various, various um, venues, suppliers, um, stakeholders, mm-hmm. and all of the events that we do, um, yeah, I'm, I'm well-versed to be able to, to help manage the team. So if I'm not managing it directly, i work very closely with the team just to give guidance um, experience and, and impart knowledge really um, mm-hmm. which we've got a good we've got a, a good makeup here a really strong uh, base of experience and knowledge which to mm-hmm. some, some very creative dynamic and skillful operatives within my team who are a very very good event managers in their own right and can go out and and um, you know put together events in in cities
0: yeah well, you've, you've certainly got a big one coming up haven't you so um Manchester's 20th anniversary on the 21st of May.
1: Yeah. I've been lucky enough to be involved in Manchester for probably 18 of those years, I think. 18, 19 of those years in total. Mm -hmm. I've also worked very closely on that event and and more recently in the year post COVID, when I say year post COVID, i am talking about 2021. Yeah. I was lucky enough to actually manage that event. So I was event director for it. Okay. I've got really good um, knowledge and understanding of, of the place. Um, it's changed in, over time, and I'm sure we'll touch on a bit of that at some point. Yeah. Um, both politically, the people that you deal with, and also geographically, um, which always presents its challenges. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a really vibrant city. It's always been a city that's welcomed the Great Run Series into it, mm-hmm. and I can remember um, in previous years that there was nothing of any nothing of any sort of that sort of scale um, anywhere else in the in the country. Um, Yes. Obviously, there's a lot more events these days, and that's the marketplace that we're operating in at the moment. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the Manchester run, if I was to go back a few years, was was significant. You know, in terms of these types of events around the country, um, yeah. it, it remains significant. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, it's it's grown into a, a real cornerstone of what we deliver here at Great
2: Run. Mm-hmm.
0: It must be an exciting one for you all in house, you know, seeing an event reach, you know, another another event reach a significant anniversary like that.
1: Yeah, look when you when you set about these events, you go into a venue, and I think what you tend to see, Joe, is an appetite from the from the venue. I'm not talking just political, mm-hmm. um, because you know you do need to go in at the, that top end to get the buy-in from the city fathers, so to speak. Yes, but ultimately, you know fairly soon in your in your tenure of, of occupying a, a, a city space, whether the event is going to fly or not. And I'm probably referring to. <clears throat> The way that the the overall um, uh, society in that area, you know, the the general public in that area, um, the people that live and breathe Manchester, well, mm-hmm. there, live there, etc. Yeah. How they take on board your event, mm-hmm. and we saw that very clearly from this from the from the get go with Manchester. Yeah. You know, they embraced it. it. It's become woven into the fabric of society down there. That's probably quite a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So you've got the political buy in. You've got the um, you've got the societal buy-in, if you like, and then after that, really, it's about maximising what you can with what the city's got to offer. And yeah. I think everybody would know what Manchester is. Yeah. So important perspective: Commonwealth Games, once upon a time, two incredibly successful football clubs. It's always been a very forward-thinking, dynamic, and investing city, and mm-hmm. um, so it's got all of those ingredients, if you like, to make it. A very nice of yeah. which it has yeah. done for us for 20 years.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so if you're involved in 18 of those 20 years, were you involved in the first one?
1: No, I probably wasn't involved in the first one. I came online just after that, I think. Yep. Um, and when I say I came online, I think I was involved with the business, but I was working sort of temporary and doing some crewing work. Yeah. I meant to believe. I think the first event we had actually finished in Manchester Central. We ran the participants into Manchester Central itself, but I didn't attend the event on the event weekend. So mm-hmm. when are we going back to two thousand one? I guess two thousand two, something something like that. Two thousand three. Um, yeah, it was shortly after that when I became full time with the business and working on it full time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, right. Give us an idea of how long it takes to prep for an
1: event the size of Manchester. Well, I think initially when you, when you put an event together or an event idea, and it, and it may be long in the making, by the way, you know, we have an idea in, internally, we then perhaps have some contacts at a, at, a, at a council or in a specific venue, and, you know, there's some very high-level executive conversation happening initially. Yeah. Once we've got the, the go-ahead um, and the buy-in from the city, we then we then go about a process of, of really trying to come up with what would be best for the event. And then once you've gone through that sort of process of what we would like to do, engaging in the, the key areas of the city. And, and that's not just to show off the city, by the way, but it's what's going to create the fastest and flattest course for the elites per se, um so people can get pbs mm-hmm. and also dovetailing it with um scalability. You know, there's no point putting yourself in a back street if, we're, um, if the ambition is to get to 20,000 people. Yes. Uh, you've got to take over some significant city areas, yeah. city spaces, mm-hmm. seeing what's available to us. So in that initial sort of design of an event, um, it can be quite long and protracted. It can take many months, possibly even years to get to a point where we can deliver onto the ground. Yes. If we deliver initially, um, we'll have probably a period of the first two or three years, certainly, where... You'll find that the initial plan with the buy-in from highways and various other key stakeholders to deliver an event then has to be sort of modified and trimmed around the edges because it's not until you deliver these events that you actually find out how capable they are yes. as a plan, how um, accommodating the city can be um, as a plan, um, and you know how you have to sort of develop the plan in order to accommodate certain other elements of you know the city being able to live and breathe as it does 364 days of the year when we're not there. Yes, but so there's always an ongoing dynamic within these. Um, what we've seen more recently, Joe, which is really quite interesting, is
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the sort of the, the the need to get people out of cars. Um, COVID showed us very much that um, you know greener transport, i.e., jumping on your bike, um, is 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 a good way to try and travel if you can. So there's a lot of things that have come online recently where cities are remodelling themselves. Mm-hmm. Specifically, what you what you tend to see is. They're trying to keep traffic out of um, city centre zones. Yes, uh, you'll, see, you'll see a lot around the place uh, clean air zones. We've got hit one here in Newcastle now, mm-hmm. and that's trying to keep the bulk of traffic out of the areas to keep the air clean for the residents and and people that are using the city centres mm-hmm. uh, to, to give them the best benefit of using those areas. So we're seeing that in Manchester, um, and Manchester are, are looking to remodel their inner city areas, and and what that does to us that that puts that puts a little bit of pressure on the areas that we're available to to use. So so Dean's Gate is a good example, um, an area that we used to utilize really quite heavily. Um, Certain areas on there have become more restricted. So we've got to develop and we've got to make sure our plans evolve constantly Mm -hmm. uh, in order to cater for the the event that we want to deliver and make it the best and the biggest it can be, uh, the participants to make sure it's a, a fantastic experience for them. Mm-hmm. But also making sure it fits within what is actually available to us on the ground, and that might purely be ge- geography. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, there's some really good examples in Manchester of of some open space. Spinning Fields used to be a fantastic open space for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've developed it over time, and it's no longer usable for us and, and how we deliver events. So, yes. you know, Albert Square and and the redevelopment of the Town Hall there, and um, that's been ongoing for a few years. Probably won't be available to us till maybe 2025, if, if, if that's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a fantastic bit of urban space, pedestrianize the area, um, but what does it look like for us and how usable is it? So, yeah, we're constantly working on the event. To go back to your original question, if we're just delivering the event in isolation, mm-hmm. we tend to work to a six month cycle, but really the development of the event into longer term is, is done concurrently uh, and, and can be over years uh, to make sure that we're, delivering the event, maximising what we can do um, from a capability uh, and, and capacity point of view, but also adapting our model to, to make sure that we can deliver in, in, the, in the city landscape as it develops over time itself.
0: Yes. I've, I've seen uh, it's the it's the mayor of Manchester, isn't he? he was very keen on active travel, I think I saw him talking about. So like you say, about the cycle routes and things like that. He was a particular proponent of it, I think, if I remember rightly, seeing one of his interviews. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And they've got the home of cycling there, haven't they? British cycling oh, okay. over at the velodrome. So, mm. as I mentioned before, you deal with a council like Manchester and, and their approach, and I think, I think I'm quoting here, mm-hmm. um, a discussion between uh, Brendan Foster, our, our, um, our, our, our chairman, our, our president actually nowadays, um, mm-hmm. and the, the leader of the council at Manchester. And, and the discussion was along the lines, Joe, of, you know, closing the streets is actually opening up the city. Mm-hmm. So closing the streets down to traffic is actually opening up the city to people to use it. Um, and I think that's quite a nice way of framing it. Yeah. Um, you know, on any given day, you go into a city, and and you, you've got to have your wits about you, right? You've know, you yeah. got <laughs> you to navigate your way across roads and all that type of stuff. But what we do, which is very unique to, to, to what we do here at Great Run, is we close roads down, and, and we... We, we make we make it an area or a stadium, if you like, within a city, which typically for 364 of the days of the year is exclusive to traffic only. Yes. We we'll give it over to, um, to, to people to run on. You know, the Manchester runs a great example of that, and we can probably talk about it. Yep. We, we integrated um, the Union Way, which is an urban motorway, mm-hmm. into the half marathon uh, a number of years ago. And, you know, they close that for a, a small handful of days a year um, and we're the only event they will close that for to, to, to run on. So if you're a participant, that's incredibly unique. Yes. You can't run on that, that, that uh, elevated section of the motorway there any time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, working with a really engaged, proactive sports minded, progressive thinking council is, 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 is a real joy to do because it it challenges the art of what's possible.
0: Yeah. You also get the challenges uh, from the, so I, I organise our local half marathon in Shrewsbury. And you, you also do get the challenges from um, residents as well. So like you say, because they're used to the, that road being open and every day, you know, they can get to visit their grandparents. People can, or they've got a flight to catch. Um, you know, they, they, they don't necessarily think about that. So, they, so beyond the, you're talking there about regulations and highways and councils and all, all the big stuff, and yet and yet it, it flips completely the other way as well for, for the people of Manchester, and, yet, and you're also looking after them as well as looking after your participants. So it's a, it's a huge
1: operation logistically, isn't it? Yeah, it is. O- over time, if I start at the end of this, over time you do benefit from the history of the event, you benefit from um, – Associations, so we become familiar with our surroundings, so to speak, and, and we know how the city works. But you're absolutely right; that doesn't make it necessarily any easier. Mm-hmm. The, the The depth of detail you need to go into, the the, the net you need to cast out in terms of information share um, at stakeholder level, just to be able to create roads through um, residents and businesses, through suppliers, um, you know anything like that is 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 vast Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the devil is in the detail as they say if you if you choose to overlook bits of detail then quite often in events you can become unstuck to put some context behind that in manchester Mm -hmm. the manchester run um is 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 so named because we start and finish in manchester but actually a significant amount of the 10k course is in trafford and we also impact on salford yeah. so there you go straight away you've got three major council boroughs yes. Manchester, Salford, and trafford that mm-hmm. need to be aligned on the on the event weekend uh, for delivery
2: yeah
1: and it's those kinds of things that perhaps as a participant you may not be aware of uh, and coming along to you know an event may have absolutely no understanding or consideration of so you build up a plan over time but that time it, it's spent um getting into the detail with stakeholders, making sure you get that information out there. And of course, you know, when things like COVID come along, Joe, you yeah. find that there is hiatus, so we didn't operate in, in the city for, t- for 2020.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which some of that latent knowledge, experience and understanding that an event happens at this time roughly every year from the local population ebbs away a little bit. So that means that next time you're working in the city, some people who perhaps didn't live there before or forgotten about the event, Need um, you know re reinforming of it. Yeah, um, you get people moving on from jobs um, specifically around COVID. Again, we had an you know circumstances where there was quite a few stakeholders or people within stakeholders and um, stakeholding organisations that moved on. Therefore, you get a drain of knowledge, uh, leaving the organisations that we have to work with closely on a day to day basis. So, mm-hmm. you know the the scale. Um, of an event to, to put on and then manage and nurture is significant. And, and you know, by by what you say about your, your half marathon, by the sales mm-hmm. uh, you can't leave these things a chance. You need to get into the detail. And, and it's a year round job, effectively, because if you don't get into that level of detail, you can bet your bottom dollar that you go to site and something's changed, or well, that person that you want to liaise with
2: is no longer there. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it could be as simple as. So I, I used to hang our three-mile marker on a lamppost outside this lovely row of houses called the Crescent. And last year, they removed the lamppost. So like, it can be really, really simple things, or it can be much more, you know, uh, significant things.
2: Yeah,
1: you know. 100%. Look, the other thing, I know we're focusing on Manchester here, that's one. What I'd say we are very good at a great run is we're a very good away team. And what I mean by that when people ask me about it is we travel quite well to other venues. Mm-hmm. Perform quite well in those venues. So you know, you can go online, you probably know yourself that the sort of coverage that we have as an organization with our events. But we work well in Birmingham, in 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 Bristol, down in Portsmouth, and various other locations. And I think what that does is it gives you that constant um sharpness, match sharpness, if you like. Yeah. And that might be a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And, and 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 because you're doing it um, all the time, sometimes you go to venues where there are some different stipulations, legislations that you might work to, um, but by and large, you're doing the same things in different venues, but you become much sharp and therefore you don't forget to do those various bits of work down to the point whereby your signage plan and where you may hang your signage like you've just referred to, it really does go down to that level of detail.
0: Yeah, very good. You're very passionate. You speak very passionately about it, Jamie. You love your job.
1: Yeah, listen, <laughs> I was actually talking to one of our um, student placements who we actually got up here from Manchester. Yeah, and, um, she, she's really enjoying a bit of time with us, and she's got a few questions she had for me for a questionnaire. She said, "Have you got 20 minutes?" Ended up being an hour yeah. um, because I can talk a bit, but also, you know, I, I am passionate about what I do. Yeah, look, Joe, I'm I'm 23 years in. I've still got. Um, a bit of energy for this and um, quite a lot of energy you might say I, I am passionate about it I enjoy what I do I'm good at what I do and um, hope and um, yeah it's it's an enjoyable experience you know I, I get good office time but I also get to go out and, and meet lots of people and, and do lots of different things which which is definitely something that um, you know I really enjoy about the role
0: yeah Chris.
1: T- tell us about your
0: team you've mentioned them a couple of times now and you said you're a good way team T- tell us about your team
1: yeah, so the team is—we've got a really good dynamic, creative mix, and mm-hmm. um, I think I've alluded to probably a couple of times that you know you need to you need to have a team and a strong team around you for um, this type of work. Mm-hmm. You know, notwithstanding the fact that you're most likely out on the road at three thirty in the morning to start closing your first roads. Yeah, you come under a significant amount of pressure, mm-hmm. and things don't always go to plan, and it's in those moments where you find out who who you are as a person and and, and how you're able to deliver as a team yeah um, so i'd say we, we've got a very good team i'd like to think that i'm uh, i'm a Liverpool fan, so i'm, I'm a big supporter of steven gerrard once upon a time you know i'm able to put my foot on the floor <laughs> in the circle and, and spray those 40 yard passes yes know, <laughs> <Because laughs> exactly. but, but in general terms um i sit at the hub of the wheel and i look to, to try and coach my team, direct my team as best possible. Yeah, um, We are good at going into other venues. We've got really good experience and knowledge there. But as, a, as an overall business, actually Joe, it's probably worth saying that from the top right the way down to the bottom, um, we are very good at connecting with councils, nurturing relationships with those councils. Yeah. And that gives my team, me and my team, a really good sound um, foundation to be able to go into venues and, and, and achieve good things. If you think about an event. Mm-hmm. There for one day a year. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's it's a road um, with some big hotels or departments department next to it. Yeah. And a lot of people are expecting to go about their own bit of business. And what we're trying to do is create a temporary stadium for people to come and enjoy a, a running event. Yes. And a really unique opportunity. So that comes with its challenges and pressures, as we've already already talked about. Um, but the team we've got here, um. You know, really applies themselves. Uh, and, and we've got really good skills set to be able to go into into um, these venues and problem solve. And I think that's largely what event is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's what skills have you got? I think quite a lot of the time we're salespeople because you have to sell the vision of what you can do. Yeah, we uh, have to sell that into a, perhaps a, a stakeholder that's less convinced that this is a good idea and yeah. achievable. Um, and then we've got to go in there with with skills um, that will allow us to adapt. Our blueprints, our models that we've used in other areas to fit into that venue and conform to some of the pressures that might be around a significant hotel, uh, might be around a, a venue like the Manchester Central, which is a, an exhibition and show hall type thing. Yes. So we have to go in there and, and it's only through our experience and coming back to my point around being a good away team you know, our experience allows us to go into these venues and be able to adapt our model and our plans to be able to fit into what's required in that venue. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very much why we've become um, an excellent away team. I, I, I think personally, I've got the best, um, the best ops team there is. I mm-hmm. think I've got, I, I work at the best company for delivering mass, mass participation events mm-hmm. across the whole piece. Some of the, the, the people we've got here are incredibly passionate, probably more so than I. Um, and and really engaged and and I think as a business we we all pull in the same direction which if you think about 50 people or so that we've got here across all the departments yeah during events of the scale of Manchester Great North Run is a huge achievement given that yeah. you know, at Great North Run we invite 60,000 people to come and join us.
0: Yeah I was going to say how many people are actually in your team because I don't think people are you, I think the expectation would be there'd be a lot more people
1: yeah. So, so my core team is, is under 10 people. and mm-hmm. um, you know, we flex it up, uh, we scale it up, um, with seasonal freelance staff of which we've got some really excellent, um, outside freelance staff at the moment, which I, I'm charged with managing along alongside the internal staff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are challenges around that, you know, integrating them. We've got business systems around purchasing and, and, and how we like to do certain things. That you need to then um, make sure that your temporary staff that are external to the business are, are across and aware of. But what it does, it brings you a rich blend and balance to bring in some external expertise. Um, you know, these people that we use outside of the business um, who are freelancers in their own right, where yeah. events so they can bring along other points of view, other skills, other ways of doing things, which is, is always welcome. So unfortunately COVID led to us Having to tune the team back a bit, but we're certainly not unique in that respect. I think that's happened across pretty much every in every industry on the planet. I would say. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but as we as we emerge from that very strange time in our lives, and um, we we retain the core team, uh, and what we're doing now is we're, we're building on that a little bit internally. Um, but we, you know, we're we're springing into, into action the, the freelance model as well, and bringing in some really good, excellent. Um, Freelancers to, to to really support that team. So yeah, we're, we're just a small team. I, I'd say at our max, even with the externals, we're only about a team of fourteen or fifteen in total.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is inc- incredible, really. Like you say, for putting events with sixty thousand people in, you'd expect it to be a lot higher. There is an important question about your team, though, Jamie. Are any is anybody else a Liverpool fan, or are you the only one?
1: Um, I'm going to say. I am the only one, I believe. <laughs> a bit of bedevilment in your question, Joe. Are you a Liverpool fan, or are you going to no. say you're a Man United? I'm
0: not. I'm a Shrewsbury Town fan, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay loyal to the hometown.
1: Indeed.
2: Um, indeed. We're, we're
0: we're actually doing all right this year. We're not in a relegation battle, so we're happy. We're happy. Yeah.
1: See that, that is turning a frown upside down, right? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you mentioned earlier that things don't always go to plan. Correct. There, there must have been a time where you've had to revert to a plan B over the years i, I I'll give you an example we were Shrew, Shrewsbury's a town that is surrounded by the river seven and we've been up to our knees three days before um, right, sure. in, in river water you know so we um have you, have you got a time where you've had to adapt to a plan B on
1: short notice yeah we've had a couple um yeah. We just recently did a tabletop for an event that we're running in London—not um, mm. this weekend, but next actually—and and, you know, just touching on something that might be of interest to some of the listeners is you plan, you plan, and then ultimately you then throw a few grenades at it pre-event, um, and these are what these tabletop exercises are, yeah, to, to try and stress test it. Um, yeah. Clearly, and, and, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it. Joe, You can't second-guess everything, um, where a a problem or a challenge may may come into place. Mm -hmm. Certainly we do our due diligence and we do look to sense-check our planning in advance of the event. Mm -hmm. So it's always the timing of an incident um, which will dictate how we can respond to it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I've probably got two or three I could name, but probably the one one of more recent note would be... um, where we have a suspect uh, vehicle out on one of our routes
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and given the the world we live in now we've got to be very conscious of the potential anyway and we work closely with the police potential for um, uh, an individual possibly even a more organized um, group of individuals um, looking to, to to do something they shouldn't be doing so yeah. we, we, we do take that very seriously and, and at one event we had um, an incident where we weren't 100% certain we knew why there was a vehicle still parked on our route. And um, the timing of this was very close to start time. It was a particularly wet day. Um, so a lot of our assembled participants have been on site in, in very inclement conditions for a good hour, at least, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. And as you know yourself, um, if you've participated in these events or you've 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 taken the time to manage some of them, um, typically, we use temporary events. You don't have areas of, of significant cover for people to use in inclement weather.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah. We, we got information of, of, of a challenge out in the course. We weren't um, 100% certain that we, we could uh, verify and validate where this vehicle was from and, and that it was safe to start the event. Yeah. So we had to make some changes. Um, we did so in a very, very tight timeline, and I think we, we did the right thing we got some messaging out there uh, and, and we adapted the route um, accordingly with anything in life when you make a decision you can look back in hindsight and say well what if i've done this or what if i've done that mm-hmm. um, what i would say is um everybody got through that event on the day safely which was is 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 my primary concern yes and, and remains my primary concern so in that respect it was a you know a great success the event and we made the right decisions Clearly there are learnings always to take away from these types of incidents, which we have done and we've put certain protocols in place to make sure that we certainly reduce down the potential for this to happen again. But in that moment, Joe, when you're faced with those kinds of conditions, mm-hmm. um, as the event leaders I was at that particular moment, you're the person that knows the plan better than anybody else. Um, you need to surround yourself with a, a couple of things. First of all, other people that can help you make some decisions. Because quite often, um, I'll be in a, a pressured state of, of, of consciousness, if that's the right way of putting yeah, it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll know the detail, but I won't necessarily be making uh, the decision um, looking at every facet. I'll be making it looking on the, the safety side of things, what we can do to perhaps reroute runners, all that type of stuff. Yes. You do need some other people around you that can give you that wider context, which might be how do we communicate with people? What are the knock-on effects? Um what does it mean for us as a business uh, and the longer term effects going forward and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Yes. So it's always very important to take that step back and regardless of the timelines, uh, make sure you surround yourself with, with those people um, that you can do uh, to help you make the, the right decision. And then after that, what is absolutely paramount is making sure that the key people on the ground know what they're doing uh, and know where we're at and why we're doing it. Um, so Runners is part of that of course but really, it starts with the, the management team, which starts with me, and then down to my key sector managers, whether that be start, on course, or at finish, and then making sure that they then disseminate the information and the instructions clearly down to their smaller teams um, that work with them on the ground. Yeah. So these kinds of incidents are never um, something you look forward to. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of satisfaction when you uh, navigate them, which is probably the best way. Yeah. Uh, team, and then uh, as a business, to um an agreeable outcome and it, it isn't always perfect and you can unfortunately in this day and age suffer some negative on you know the social feeds um mm-hmm. afterwards and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. but all i say within the context of keeping people safe um that's the primary concern and and that that that's what we consider as our paramount um primary um you know function on event day so as long as that is has been catered for then the other stuff we can largely navigate through, um, but making sure that people are safe and get through the event safely is is my primary concern.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And in, in terms of that and safety, I think that we've, I mean, we've touched on all logistics, but the medical that, you, that sits on top of highways. And so you've got your medical plan, and your risk assessments, and you, you must have a vast team for that involved in your events. And then, and then. The, uh, a real, a real tough one I find um, is the, is the volunteers as well. It's such a huge comms plan that you have to produce. And like you say, if you do have an incident where things have to change quickly, actually that that comms plan that then kicks in is is, is very important as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, let's put to the chase here, Joe. Um, where I've just mentioned social media in a probably slightly negative uh, tone it does have a positive turn to it as well Mm -hmm. allows us to communicate so in this day and age which is wasn't the same 10 years ago let alone 20 years ago when i started doing this type of thing Mm -hmm. we have the ability to talk to people rapidly um in real time almost with the with the digital framework that we all live within these days you mentioned there that the team to deliver it's a really interesting one the way my brain works is i often try and give myself little analogies um yeah. and particularly the one that i think about when it comes to the management structure of putting an event on and then actually delivering it because they're two slightly separate things really i do the planning with my team and um, then the delivery is is, is well, vast compared to the number of people you need to, to plan an event relatively mm-hmm. speaking i often consider myself to be at the top of the pyramid or the event manager to be at the top of the pyramid and then down from that And and this is right in terms of responsibility and role, but also in terms of um, quantity and numbers, you get down to the bottom of the base. And this isn't saying they're at the bottom because they're no less important, but the volunteers, which typically um, will be your largest element of workforce. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine the pyramid, the base of the pyramid being your volunteers, and in between that you've got your stewarding teams, you've got your team of suppliers um, bringing your services, your infrastructure, and above that. You've got your core management team, which might be your, your sector supervisors on your, your course or your drink station managers, that type of thing. Yeah. And then really the event manager at the top, as I mentioned. It is absolutely certain without that team and specifically the volunteers at the bottom, you could not deliver event at the scale we do. You couldn't And yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, obviously, when we're planning events, we need to go and recruit those people. Yeah. They're people who give up time for for good causes their clubs um because they want to be part of something um and you know as as a society in the uk we're incredibly generous with our time and our money etc cetera, etc cetera. um and, and long may that last because honestly without you know the two and a half thousand plus volunteers that we have at the great north run yeah. you wouldn't be able to put that event
2: on yeah it's
1: yeah. so incredible the planning of being able to integrate those, as you can imagine, at that scale of workforce is significant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, whether it be you know, feeding them, packed lunches, whether it be making sure they've got the briefing notes to be on site at the right time to, to um, report into the right person uh, and then understand their job role. You know, it, it's, it's a huge undertaking to manage that level of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that we've become very adept at over the, over the years. We're continually learning so more recently we're using um online platforms to to recruit to then liaise with co- core staff volunteers being some of that stuff yes so we're seeing a real shift with the digital age as we are in now of being able to communicate people whether it be pre-event in the recruitment uh an information sharepoint or then ultimately if required on the day very quickly and dynamically should we need to via social platforms whatsapp all that type of stuff
0: yeah so you, you talk, obviously you've spoke about social media there. What what else has changed? What what other significant changes have you seen over the last twenty years?
1: Um, definitely the markets changed mm-hmm. um, in terms of not only what people want. Um, I think you know what what people um, what people are willing to give up in terms of allocate their time to and their disposable income. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think there's been a, a change there. I think from, from purely from an operational point of view, things have changed in terms of delivery. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple of times there before, Joe, talking around Manchester and, and how they're remodeling their city. Yeah. You know, where we were delivering an event in 2010, let's say 2012, 2013, so sort of 10, 10 12 years ago, the city has evolved significantly in terms of the space available. Um, so it's becoming harder to find the space we're having to come up with more creative and dynamic solutions, problem solving uh, to be able to uh, deliver the events within the, the geography that we're given. Yeah. That's another element. I'd say the cost has become really quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. for events, Not just the cost of living more recently with, with challenges over there in, in in the East, so to speak with the war, but um, you know, it's becoming very expensive to put events on. Um, There are, we create huge impact um, on, on, on the, the city, people going about their daily business. Um, yeah. You've then got the sustainability thing coming online, which perhaps wasn't as prevalent as it needed to be 10, 20 right. years ago, Yeah, which is another really, really important thing. You know, at the end of the day, um, events are one-offs um, and it's quite a challenge for us to be very sustainable. We're challenging that all the time. We're looking at ways that we can deliver um, low um, or, or no carbon footprint um, services into events just mm-hmm. yesterday i was talking to a, a provider who can provide us now with fully electric um, forklift trucks whereas wow. the, majority of the, the, the forklift truck plant stuff in the past has been yeah um, you know diesel powered
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, we're looking at our power generation we need some temporary power on site not always available uh, as a permanent supply. So, we're looking at how we can bring in solar power or battery banks so there isn't any um, combustion of uh, fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say in general, we're under pressure from a lot of sides. Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: some of it's good pressure, um, some of it's marketplace, and making sure that we're bringing to market the, the most edgy, the sexiest, if you like, um, and yeah. the most desirable events for people to want to do making sure that we maintain that really high-end uh, delivery model and that people feel safe and comfortable coming to our events, which I think they do. Yeah. Um, and that's one of our really unique selling points, that we are we are a company that makes sure that we take care of people when they come on the site. We give them the, the best opportunities to, to run in the best places and experience the best atmospheres. Mm-hmm. There's always that pressure around marketplace, but the externals that we're always having to grapple with are some that we all need to embrace as a as a as a race, you know the the, the climate stuff and the sustainability, we we've all got to look at that now. Yeah. But those those challenges around geography and the and the ongoing budgetary costs around them, you know, and um, these events aren't cheap to put on, no matter what anybody might try and tell you in the pub um, over a pint of beer. Oh, yeah. these are Not cheap to put on, and and we're constantly making sure that we can work as a team to 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 make sure we're not like a lot of companies do, passing on cost. You know, um, we, we want to give people the best opportunity to take part in our events and get real value out of those. Yeah. Yeah, so we true. look where we can to, to, to ward off passing that's on cost with dynamically looking at how we can deliver solutions differently to make sure that we can manage the cost better.
0: Do, if we think about Manchester specifically, have you, have you seen any changes in the popularity of um, distances that people sign up to and, and the demographics?
1: Yeah, it it, it wouldn't. It would be remiss of me to say that the Manchester 10K is as strong as it once was. It's not, in terms of numbers. Mm -hmm. I think it's still an incredibly strong proposition from its TV audience, from its elite offering, um, and for what it what it brings back to the city, given the Commonwealth legacy of out of which it was born. Yeah, but the reality is, you know, the the numbers are not once uh, are not where they once were, Joe. That's simple. So, if you're dealing numbers, then you, you, you could argue that people have, have gone elsewhere. Is that specific to distance? Possibly. Um, there are a lot of 10Ks out there now. There are a mm-hmm. lot of 5Ks out there now. Um, we, we, As you know, we integrated the half marathon into the event uh, a number of years ago. Yes. We actually took the, the, the blueprint for that from the Manchester cycle we once did. Mm-hmm. And we used to start that up at the Yeti had, and we used to use the Mankeenian Way. So it seemed a natural progression. Um, to, to use that as the, the the half marathon course because we created a a 13 mile criterium tight circuit when when we put the manchester cycle on and i was at the head of of leading that yeah. now what we are seeing in the general marketplace is more events are out there so therefore there's more um there's more challenge to get people on board for your event
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and that's where you know you're grappling after people's disposable income which obviously at this time with cost of living pressures is, is a challenge yes um and then i'd say without exclusion um across the the, the overall landscape certainly in the uk there is a um a lethargy um it's quite a, a weak market at the moment around 10ks and 5ks mm-hmm. and i think partly that is because of the distance versus the cost um but we're seeing uh pretty strong um engagement with the distances at, at half marathon and certainly marathon yeah what i think we perhaps are seeing is um very elite events very um bucket list events starting to emerge um and it seems that the demand for those is i wouldn't say insatiable but it's very strong mm-hmm. so the great north run is a very good example of that yeah um, great north run um, and, and we can't be remiss in this. We've always got to work hard with the Great North Run, but the Great North Run is an event that has a gravity around it and it drags people to it because people want to be associated to, with it, whether participating, whether working on it, all those sorts of things. So I think there's a few different dynamics within the market, Joe, if I'm honest. Yeah. Not just distance specific. There'll be some venue stuff in there. Yeah. And there'll also be some some element of what the event is and the history of it, a bit like I mentioned with the Great
2: North Run.
0: Yeah. You you mentioned the elites there. Have you got a, a talk, talk to us about the elites? Have you got a best elite moment at, at, at a at an event like Manchester?
2: Yeah,
1: I have. Look, I'm gonna go off a little bit away from what we currently deliver because for me in my career the best um the best elite moment I, I ever witnessed um firsthand was when we had Usain Bolt running on um a temporary purpose built track that we put on Dean's Gate wow to say, without a shadow of a doubt that was the the stellar moment for me um and just seeing you know the fastest man ever to live um to date anyway um streaking down this this purpose-made track um yeah, that wow. put on Queensgate. I, I, I know that's not related to, to to manchester 10k or half marathon but what i think it is related to and and, and it's in very nicely with us as a business and also uh the, the city of manchester is the desire and the willing to be, willingness to be innovative and challenge challenge the status quo. And in doing that, clubbing together with Manchester to deliver that really typifies what you can do if you set your mind to it and and you've got a vision to be able to achieve it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, t- so what else can you tell us about Manchester this year? I, I believe you've got some people who've run every event since it began, is that right?
1: We do, we do. I mean, typically on every event we have we'll have uh, an all-runners club um, yeah. where we've got a number of people. And, and, and please don't ask me because you might embarrass me on the exact number because I don't <laughs> okay. know. But it, it, it'll go into a good number, right, yeah. Joe? And these are people who are, first of all, runners and, and just love the sport itself. Um, most likely, um, but not exclusively, will be um, or have some very strong association with the venue, Manchester. Yeah. Uh, and then there will be people um, within that cohort that just love the event. And, I, and, and if, if you haven't, and if we've got any people listening here who perhaps, and this isn't a sales pitch by any means, who perhaps haven't and entered an event, Manchester or other, to be honest with you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you, you undoubtedly get this unbelievable, un, um, un, unreplicatable um, experience when you're on these start lines, on these courses, on these finish lines. And that's what I'd say to you about Manchester. Manchester is unbelievable at that start line on Portland Street. It's something about the makeup of the city, the the way that the buildings are, it's quite a a compact street. You've got um, fairly high sort of three storey, four storey buildings either side. You've got this, buzz around the place, which just seems to be unique to Manchester. Um, And we create the atmosphere with the PA system we bring in, people that are there it, it's absolutely without doubt one of the the, the the greatest experience you'll have from a running point of view if, if, if that's something you enjoy doing the course itself we engage a couple of really big stadiums in, in the Etihad and Old Trafford which in themselves are global icons when it comes to and yeah, um, we give we give over some incredible places to run I've mentioned them already um, but specifically. At Manchester, it's very well engaged with spectators as well. Mm-hmm. To Old Trafford. And the run-in um, as you come up the Chester Road and then sort of enter that last bit of Bridgewater viaduct and get onto Dean's Gate. It's second to none. And then you're finishing on this street, which has got the you know, the Beatham Tower next to it. You've got um, TV cameras there. You've got these crowds banging on the boards, the branding boards. Honestly, it's even now, twenty years into doing this, it, it still, you know, raises a few hairs on the back of my neck in terms of that atmosphere. And that really is what unique about the event. And if you if you twin that into, you know, that statement I gave you before about the city were always really keen to close the road down and in their in their vision that was opening the city up. Mm-hmm. When you give the city roads over to this type of endeavor, um, that's when you create these incredibly unique atmospheres, and that's what Manchester's got in spades.
0: Yeah, but what a what a great way to finish. Well, I was going to finish. I'll go ask you one more question though. What What's that? <laughs> what's that? That experience that you described in there for participants as well. How does it feel for you and your team post event when it, you know, when that last finisher goes over the line? What What's it like?
1: There's probably a couple of phases for me, Joe. If you don't mind me um, giving me a couple more minutes and alluding yeah. to them. So when you work through the planning of this. It's almost like, I don't want to use the word stress because I think there is stresses and pressures to it, but you, because I know how to navigate my way through this as my team do, there's an elevation of um, intensity in the planning as you move towards the event days. And that culminates typically probably the Wednesday of event week, Mm -hmm. because most likely that's when you've boxed off all your, um, your paperwork. You've pretty much sent as many emails as you can send to the relevant people. Mm-hmm. If your notes are out there in the world. Um, you've squared away the last bits and bobs with police or, or uh, you know, key stakeholders in the city. And at that point, there's a little bit of a right. I can I can take my foot off the gas from a, a planning point of view, and I can focus now on delivery. That mm-hmm. coincides with going to venue. So typically on the Thursday or the Friday, you'll go to venue, and that's when you'll be. There until you've seen through delivery, that then will see a gradual, um, uh, well, a steady increase um, of your workforce arriving on site. Suppliers, you're doing your final briefings to your you key people on the ground, suppliers, stewards, um, your, your your management staff itself. Ultimately, leading to the point whereby you do your final event brief the night before in the hotel, um, which again is another thing ticked off the list of, of, of things that we need to do as event managers before the event. Yeah, Finally getting that information out there and ultimately getting to the point whereby, y- you know, the alarm goes off at half two in the morning for Manchester and out on the ground you go
2: yeah.
1: uh, and you start building stuff. Once you start closing a road, that's kind of like, right, the tide's coming in uh, and we can't stop this now. Yes. Right the way to the point whereby you close your final road to link up the final section of route maybe. Um, which is something that we do do in Manchester mm-hmm. uh, to try and allow for a bit of movement in the city. Um, and then ultimately, your the first participant goes off. I'm always very pleased when the first participant gets through the route and finishes, yep. which is typically with the elites. Um, and then then, then we're literally going into the next phase, which is still a high sense of of pressure and, and, and stress to be able to then get the roads reopened. Uh, and so a different kind of pressure comes on, if you like. So to maybe get to the, to the point and answer your question as you first asked, the joy of seeing the last participant come across the finish line for me is probably the Tuesday after the event. Yeah. <laughs> because At that point, I've squared away the last bits and bobs. You know, I've got my last bit of uh, contract and that might be a marquee or a bit of plant hired, um, uplifted from the site. I've got back up to the office. I've squared away a few emails, maybe a a couple that have come in that are a a complaint around noise or this, that or the other. Mm -hmm. And I can finally say, right, I'll do the hot debrief stuff. And we always look to debrief really well internally so that we can take any lessons into next year. We can take them very early and and move them into next year's planning and then perhaps have a couple of days off. So that to me would be. And again, this might be something that your listeners are really interested in. You know, Mm -hmm. don't understand that just the last person crossing the finish line, it's not the end for us. It's probably the middle, if not the end of the week after, mm-hmm. where we can sort of say, right, okay, that event's now fully delivered.
0: Mm-hmm. Where can they, where can people enter if they want to sign up for, for great, the event
1: board, off, please? Um, get yourself on there. Um we've got a really good website that the team here look after now. Um visit us on our social or sign up to be part of our social network. That'd be great to see people there. You get updated with with you know any new announcements we've got there, uh, Joe, um, come and join us. Come come and be part of something that really is, as it says on the tin, great, fantastic atmosphere, great place to be, lots of like-minded people, and enjoy from start to finish an enjoyable experience.
0: Brilliant, Jamie. Thanks ever so much for coming on. It's been really interesting.
1: Joe, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, catch up with you on the ground soon, and, and good luck
2: with your your event in Shrewsbury. Thank you.